Welcome to episode number nine of Josh's Worst Nightmare podcast presented by Denver Horror Collective. I am your host, Josh Schlossberg, surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction. For this episode, we are lucky to have Bobby Crew. Bobby Crew is the creator of the Horror Crew Productions, a small indie horror publishing press that focuses primarily on LGBTQ horror and is author of the book Dining with Devils, a collection of horror stories that explores what happens when you get too close to your demons. Bobby is also an active member and on the steering committee of Denver Horror Collective and his excellent short story Mountain Lovers was in our anthology Terror at 5280. Welcome to Josh's Worst Nightmare. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad you're here for many, many reasons. Probably the most important of which is you're into reptiles and so am I. Oh yeah. I didn't know that you were into reptiles. Most people look at me like I'm crazy for liking snakes. My aunt would always freak out and tell me that snakes aren't pets, they're purses and boots. Which wow. was not which was kind of offensive to me, but you know. <laughs> That was not very nice of her. But yeah, my thing has always been lizards. I still do like snakes. I never had snakes, but I used to have Carolina annals. They're the little green things that also turn brown. So those were those okay. were my friends growing up. And so what are your reptile friends? So currently I have uh, three stinks. Um, I, I've liked stinks ever since I was a kid, so I've had a few in the past. I had garter stinks as a kid. I accidentally bred them um, when I caught multiple ones, and then my stepdad told me I had to get rid of them, um, and I just like kept the one. But by then she was pregnant, so I ended up with babies anyway. Um, and so that was kind of just like accidental. But um, right now I've got a bull snake, which is my oldest um his name is Bacchus and he's pretty sweet for a bull snake I don't know if you know much about bull snakes but they mimic mm -hmm. rattlesnakes in order to appear intimidating and threatening um he does that every now and then but like it's super rare I'd say it only happens like once a year and there's always like a reason for it but my friend's always afraid of him because like they think he's aggressive but he's not he's just really active being held but like he's never bit me or anybody else for that matter but so he's he's pretty sweet despite being a bull snake and they're known for being kind of like temperamental. Mm -hmm. um, I also have a Kenyan sand boa, which is my little baby. Um, his name is Eros and he just hides out in the sand all day, all the, most of the time and unless he wants to eat. And then it's like a little sand shark that like slithers through and grabs its prey and mm -hmm. suffocates it and drags it under. And it's kind of cool to watch, I suppose. Um, and then now I've got a ball python as well that I just took from my old roommate that I'll be keeping indefinitely now. That's the biggest one. Um, his name's Marshawn, although I want to rename him Kronos, but I don't know if I need permission from the original parent or not, but you know, just <laughs> snakes are all named after gods. <laughs> mm -hmm. I noticed that. So all Roman, Greek Roman gods, basically. Yeah. That's very cool. I think I've met Bacchus. I believe I met and held Bacchus, I think it was. Yes, it should have been at my birthday party a long time ago. Yeah, a couple of few years ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I've met 
there was one bull snake I met in the wild a few years ago, you know, the front range of Colorado, that's home to tons of rattlers and all sorts of snakes. And it was this massive bull snake and it was fighting a blue jay. And they were basically fighting for about five minutes straight. And I cut some of it on video. Oh, wow. Pretty intense. So it basically was doing the whole coil thing and striking at the bird. I think the bird was harassing it. I think it had stumbled on its its nest is my guess is what was happening. Oh. And yeah, so it was striking him. I'm not sure if it was hissing or not. And it was funny. I stood on this rock, not too far away, just watching the action. And after a little bit, the snake started coming towards me and then slithered right past me, I think because the bird was afraid of me and I was at safe zone. So yeah. unwittingly, I let it go free. I wasn't going to interfere. I mean, I feel okay. like if they were going to fight to the death, it's not for me to do anything, but I stood there and I ended up maybe protecting it and I'm fine with that. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They could fights in nature can be pretty brutal sometimes. It was intense. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't on either of their sides, but I do know that that's <laughs> just how nature works. So what draws you to snakes? Why do they appeal to you? I'm not sure, honestly, like I, think that when I was really little, like the very first snake I remember seeing, I was terrified of. And I had just gotten a shot um, in my leg because I was a bad kid and ran from the doctors. And so they had to like chase me down and pin me down and they gave me a shot in my leg. Um, so I was at my grandparents' house just sitting on the back porch. And then I couldn't, I found that I wasn't able to get up because my leg was hurting and like stinging. But I think I was also like, terrified and like frozen at the same time but it was a very large snake it was probably a bull snake I'm not entirely sure but I just remember that it was it looked huge and it was like slithering across the porch and it was like the length of the porch and then the neighbor heard me screaming so that like they ran over and like he was washing his car so he sprayed it with a hose and it fell into the bushes and then after that I was finally able to move and then I ran inside um that was the first time I remember seeing a snake but then years later um just kind of like learning more about them i started to really like them for whatever reason um i remember like i loved cobras when i was younger um and like just learning about them and then some of my friends in elementary school we all they wanted me to come with them to catch snakes and then that was kind of when i the first time i held one and we used to go under this bridge near the school and we would just move the rocks around and catch as many snakes as we could. And then I decided to keep one as a pet. My mom let me, even though my stepdad is terrified of snakes, but he wouldn't admit it because he's too proud. So he let me keep it. And that was kind of how I got my start taking care of them. But it was just the garter snake was the first one. And I would feed it fish or like little, little mice and things like that. Cool. Yeah, I definitely think it's interesting how some people are just disgusted by snakes. And then some of us, we really enjoy them. So for you, it seems like it started out as a bit of a fear thing. I mean, you were a little kid. And then somehow you were able to turn that around instead of making it a traumatic experience where you always hated snakes. So good on you. And I guess, have you tried to incorporate anything to do with snakes into your horror? Or is that something that you haven't done much of? Oh, snakes appear in my writing on a regular basis. Um, it's pretty common. Even in the book that I wrote with the different 
short stories. Um, snakes are in a couple of them. Uh, snake is in Lily's Love. Lily has a pet snake in there and it kind of takes on a symbolism. I don't know if I should give any spoilers or anything like that, but the snake is a very important part of the story and the evil that's going on. Um, there's also a snake that appears in the dollhouse tree as well, um, kind of as that um, symbolism of like lies and temptation and things like that is kind of what it represented in that story. And even in the novel that I'm currently working on, Helping Hands, uh, snakes appear in that story as well, hmm. um, kind of in a symbolic nature as well, like they're kind of sacred in this cultish area that the narrator Alex is in. And there's like a statue of a horned cobra that is like kind of important and symbolic in his new cult living. So snakes have definitely always popped into my writing a lot. Um, I'm not gonna say that snakes, I mean, snakes represent so many different types of things symbolically. Um, I mean, from Christianity, we get, you know, the evil and lies and temptation from the serpents. Um, people, I've had people tell me that snakes are the devil and, you know, just really scold me for having them and things like that. Um, but in other religions, I mean, snakes have been worshipped for thousands of years by all kinds of civilizations. And more often than not, they more represent things like immortality and renewal and rebirth and um, fertility and wisdom and things like that. So just kind of depending on where you are in the world, you've got different types of like every culture has had snakes in their mythology at some point. Right. Yeah. So when you talk about temptation and you also mentioned wisdom, if you do take the Garden of Eden story in a direction instead of, okay, so here is this evil devil snake and it told Adam and Eve to do these shitty things and now their lives suck. Another way of looking at it is, so it was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So basically it was the snake saying, yo, there's other things going on. It's basically wisdom. That was the evolution of humanity from the ape in a sense. Yeah, definitely. As far as, and like giving wisdom to Adam and Eve and instead of having them just like naked and dumb in the garden forever. Right. Yeah. So that's a very Christian or elements of Christianity that turn it into negative. I'm sure there's some mystical sects of that and even Judaism that don't necessarily see that story as a, a negative situation. So, but, but for the most part, Judeo-Christian, it does tend to slant negative on the snake thing. Yeah, definitely. Although there's also that instance with, is it, is it Moses with the Pharaoh and something to do with somebody throws down a, a stick or a rock and it turns into uh, a snake. Yeah. As um, being able to like show power. So yeah, I mean like, um, I guess even in Christian, um, even in the Bible and Christian Christianity, like there are moments when like the snakes don't necessarily mean bad things. I want to say that there's even a line somewhere that's like as wise as serpents or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. I want to say that there's a line in the Bible somewhere that says that, but I don't remember where. Sure. I, I believe it. And I will assume that it is true. 
But right now we have, even in this world, there are snake handlers who are a form of, I believe it's a form of Baptist. I'm not sure if that's what their religion is, if it's a Southern Baptist or not, but. Um, are you afraid to like a guy that, I, I mean, I remember reading a story about a guy that died from, you know, getting bit by poisonous snakes while trying to do something in, you know, doing like a demonstration um, with the church and like mm-hmm. being bitten and then praying for healing or something and it didn't work. Um, I don't remember what where this was from or what, like what branch of Christianity mm-hmm. or church it was. Um, I, I think he ended up getting bit on the face and then it just went completely wrong. So I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, it doesn't go well when you get bit in the face. They are, yeah, so they, they're fundamentalist Christians and it still happens. It's a lot down in Appalachia and oh. basically they pass poisonous snakes around, usually rattlers. I think maybe cotton mouse, things like that. And the idea is to put your faith in the Lord. And if you are just the snakes aren't going to bite you. If you've been whatever screwing your neighbor, then I guess then you're, you're going to get bit or something like that. I think that's the concept behind it. (laughs) Sounds kind of insane to me, but um, I mean, (laughs) trial by poisonous snakes, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, in that case, they're in a sense, evil but they're not quite because they're bringing them into their church it's a test it's like a test of faith in god and so that's somewhere that's in the middle i don't think they see this as look it's satan let's just not be yeah it's basically saying this will judge us and i think that's a very fascinating use of that yeah definitely i need to look into that a bit as far as you know, information to possibly use in writing or something like that. Because that's definitely interesting to me as far as um, wanting to learn more about that. Right. Well, there are, there are a fair amount of horror fiction and film that ties into snakes. I mean, aside from snakes on a plane. Uh, but, but off the top of my head, I'm only really familiar with a handful of books in my little biological horror collection, The Snake it's called by John Goaty. It's about a, I don't know if it's a black mamba or something like that, that gets lost in Manhattan in Central Park. And that was a really great book and a book called Rattlers by Joseph Gilmore. And there's, there's movies like, you know, Anaconda and, and things like that, that tend to be sensational. But can you think of any others? Ring any bell? Um, Not any that are like really snake- forward and snake specific except unless you're doing like you know movies like anaconda or something like that i mean right trying to think i mean like briefly they might pop up like in um like exorcism movies like remember like the exorcism at Emily rose or something there was snakes just started like falling down during part of one of the exorcism scenes but typically it's like they're just there for like maybe like a symbolic reference when like something bad is happening or something like that. But I can't really think of too many yeah. um, books or movies that are just like super snake forward unless it's like a snake that's just eating people. Um, right. It's a good point. They use it a lot of times for background, like, look, it's scary, like Raiders of the Lost Ark or whatever. Yeah. That was a pivotal scene there. But 
I can't really think of many that are the jaws of snakes, you know, and it's really strange yeah. that, that there aren't more popular or big deal snake horror fiction out there. I wonder it's why. Like, none of them are good. Like, I feel like yeah. Anaconda was fun, but like, other than that, like the second one sucked. And the other ones are like sci-fi movies. And cause you know, sci-fi does all kinds of crazy low budget films and stuff like that. Like I've never seen like a good movie that's just about snakes, I don't think. Right, well maybe it's because the people who put these movies together and write some of the books, they don't really know snakes very well or they don't have the love of them. And so they go really superficial and silly. And maybe it's up to somebody like you who really knows the snake intimately to write about all of its sides. I, I think we need a good, a good snake book or movie, you know? A good snake book or movie? Like, like good, they're good. Like well, well written or well, the snake is a good thing? Well, both ideally, but yeah, I mean that the snake is, is not the evil enemy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I don't know what that would look like because they're just so used to them being bad characters and things. Right. Um, they're misunderstood. But- yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could see something like a plot where they're eating all the plague rats, right? And then they save humanity because that's what they do. They eat a lot of the vermin. They keep down disease. Yes. They are very ne- They are very necessary for life as far as like the circle of life and like they eat so many things that are, you know, all the gross rodent things. Like, you know, we need snakes for sure as far as you know, the cycle and not being overrun by rodents and crap. Yeah. Well, in the Northeast and I guess a lot of places in this country, Lyme disease is a big deal. And a lot of that actually spreads from mice, believe it or not. Everyone thinks it's just deer, but it's mice. And there are certain years where there's a lot of rain and then there are a lot of acorns and then there are a lot of mice. So what we need there is a bunch of snakes maybe to to take out the, <laughs> the mass population. The cycle, interesting. <laughs> so if there was a book that was a point of view of a snake, what would a snake's point of view be like? Like what's a snake's consciousness like? Um, <laughs> hmm, that's a really good question. I said there was gonna be no hard questions, but this is a pretty, <laughs> there's no wrong answer because there's no, proof one way or another about I don't know. it might depend on the snake itself i mean mm-hmm. i feel like some snakes are I, I don't know what can i say some snakes are smarter than others some snakes have different behaviors i suppose so like you know like maybe like um like my ball python i think through his brain is just like i just want to lay here in this dark thing 99 mm-hmm. of the time um, and then pop out when I want to eat something. And basically like, he's just, he's a lazy slug. But then I would say like bull snakes. Um, I don't know, they're a bit more active, you know? It's like, let's look around over here and here. This is a hole, let's see if there's a whole bunch of things to eat down here. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like they're very food focused as far as like food and like hiding and just kind of like hanging out um and i don't know (laughs) 
Well, I think that makes a lot of sense. And you make a great point there. We shouldn't be lumping all snakes into one category. There are personalities likely in the species, but maybe even individually, there are probably some asshole snakes out there, right? I mean, there probably are. There, there definitely can be. I mean, as far as like snakes that I've had, um, I'd say like my garter snake was probably like the most, um, the one that would like always come up to the cage, like whenever I would like walk over to it, to, like say hi. Um, there's like this debate as far as like whether or not snakes can like recognize you um, from like other people. Um, I will say that as far as my little garter snake went, um, there was a time when I had a bunch of friends over for a party and I had brought him out and he was just this teeny little thing. Um, and we we're all sitting in a circle um, and they were like playing with him. And then like, I just came over to the circle um, and sat down and he just immediately beelined it to, like straight to me. And I just put out my hand and he just like went straight into my hand and away from everybody. Hmm. So I was like, that looked like it, he recognized me. Yeah. But as far as some other species of snakes, I mean, like they have different levels of eyesight, I suppose. So I would say like, mm-hmm. Maybe some snakes struggle with, you know, that uh, recognizing different people, or maybe they just don't care. Um, but I would say not all snakes are the same. I know king cobras are mm. um, have been said to be able to recognize their caretakers from other people as well. Right. Um, so, like, yeah, different species of snakes have different temperaments and different like levels of just like being able to like see better than others, I guess, and like recognize things. So it's. They, they definitely do have their personality types. Um, yeah. For sure. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When people call garter snakes gardener snakes, do you correct them or you just let it go? Um, I don't correct them. I just let it go. <laughs> I tend to as well, but it, for some reason that annoys me. So anyone listening, it's a garter, G-A-R-T-E-R, like a lady's garter. I don't know <laughs> if that's if that's where it came from, but that's how it's spelled. A gardener snake. There's no such thing as that. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I typically don't correct people with that, I guess. But yeah, it definitely happens. You're a better person than than me. I, I want <laughs> I want to correct them. I, I tend to not, but you know what? After this, I'm going to correct people. Is, is why not? <laughs> I, I guess I'll. I don't know. The thoughts just never really occurred to me. I just kind of like shrug it off. Like, I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's for some reason the things I think of, but so there are tons of different snakes that have different poison. I'm not expecting anyone to be an expert on this stuff, but I know. So cotton mouths do have some sort of poison. They're pretty nasty apparently. And yes. water snakes, which, which could be really bad. Then there's rattlesnakes and there's all kinds of rattlesnakes, like the ones that live here, I guess it's the prairie rattler in Colorado. Sure, it can be deadly, but it almost never is versus the Mojave rattler, which that can very often be deadly. Uh-huh. And then what the coral snake, 